1: Hello Seattle, hello Puget Sound, and welcome to Happy Hour Radio. I'm your host, Christopher Chan, Advanced Sommelier, your weekend wine guy, and uh, your Commodore of Cocktails. Uh, so happy that you're joining me on this Saturday night and I uh, hope you got something great in your glass or heading out to uh, some cool restaurant and a bar. Um, and always be safe. Uh, I've got the pleasure of tasting some great tequilas today with, uh, my new favorite people, my friends, uh, Jackie Moffat, who is a bartender extraordinaire and co-founder of Northwest Tequila and Agave Festival and, uh, the, uh, the triumvirate of bars, uh, the owner of uh, Nabob. Leary Traveler and Fremont Traveler is uh, Devlin McGill. He's in town, and he's also a co-founder in town. Of course, he's in town. He's in the studio, <laughs> co-founder of the Northwest Skila Festival, which is going on right now. So, um, how do I do th- two things at once? Hmm, magic of media. Uh, but hey, Jackie and Devlin, welcome back to Happy Hour. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. So, yeah. last week we had a great time talking about uh, obviously the Northwest Tequila Fest, which is happening. And uh, if people are out there, you got two hours <laughs> <laughs> to get down there. Come on down. Yeah, come on down, you know, and uh, have some fun. It's in this at Fremont Foundry. Um, but if you miss it, put it on your calendar next year, nwtequilafest.com. Um, so, Devlin, you're my tequila expert here today. Uh, tell me what right. tequilas you brought, what uh, well,
2: styles and names. There's four tequilas in front of you, um, and they all represent, they're one example from each expression of tequila. Um, In 100% Agave Tequilas, there are Blancos, which means it comes straight out of the stills. There's Reposado, which means that it is rested in barrels for at least 60 days, but no more than a year. There's Añejos, which means that it is rested in a barrel for at least a year, but no more than three years. And then there's Extra Añejos, which means that it's rested in a barrel for at least three years. Uh, The Blanco that we brought in today is being made by uh, Carlos Camarena, from El Tesoro Tequila who is responsible for the big uh, the first big uh, craft tequila boom in the US in the early 90s. Um this is a highlands product. It comes straight out of the still. Um and it's a just a lovely blanco.
1: Very interesting about um obviously distillation we're taking a mixture of uh, a fermented beverage and we're just we're sort of um vaporizing off the alcohol. But
2: other way around you're vaporizing off the water to leave a higher alcohol content. No, alcohol comes first. That's right. You're recapturing it. Sorry. You're right. My bad.
1: All right. Um, we haven't even started drinking yet. I know. So, um, Maybe that's Anyway. The so the thought is that they talk about the water in Mexico. Does this have some of that water in there? Should we Absolutely. be concerned? Absolutely.
2: You should not be concerned. Yeah, okay. You should not be concerned. All right. So
1: yeah. um, anyway, so Blanco tequila, obviously very fresh, very fruity, much mm-hmm. like uh, when we think of, um, and it's also a very clean spirit. So mm-hmm. you're not going to have any wood. Um, but so all the flavor there is coming from the agave and the, and the method of distillation, which is is in a very specific style still they're really um, baking this agave plant to caramelize all yeah. the sugars then they're um, fermenting it and then of course they're uh, distilling it Correct. so um, blanco is really the most mixable tequila right because you get uh, it's very flexible and very Jackie, flexible. what do you like what do you like to mix with uh, <laughs> chips <laughs> everything
2: <laughs> uh, honestly um, it, it lends itself really well to I think like floral lots of um, fruit and floral uh, especially oh yeah I have got a whole, whole encyclopedia here of, of cocktails, but uh, one of my favorites is a Paloma, actually, with, uh, oh, yeah. with Blanco Tequila. Yeah. Um, grapefruit juice, a little bit of soda. It's great. And it's great for weather. We, we, the weather we had last week, not the weather we're having, you know.
1: Well, it's always time for, uh, it's always good weather when you're inside. That's you're true. <laughs> That's true, <yeah. laughs> uh, Okay, so we've got this Blanco Tequila. The, the Another one is a Blanco. So Devlin, what is the second Blanco Tequila?
2: Actually, you don't. You have the second one. You have is a reposado. Oh, it's very light. Right? Yeah. So it's very light looking, and it's and it's easy to see why you would confuse the, it with a reposado because it only touches wood for approximately sixty days to no more than a year. Mm-hmm. The one that you have in front of you is called Siete Leguas. Um, it's a highlands tequila, and a couple. One other thing to note is there's two major growing areas and production areas. One is the highlands, and the other one is the valley. And if you put those tequilas side by side in the highlands, you're going to get a little more, a bit more black pepper on the back end. In the valley, you're going to get a little bit more stone fruit.
1: Makes sense. That's kind of a generalization. Down right. below. And, um...
2: The interesting thing about this tequila is before Patron came into the market, and Patron is a great tequila, um, they did not own their own distillery. And this happens a lot in tequila. And so Siete Leguas, the Reposado that you're tasting right now, was was making Patron for them.
0: Oh.
2: Um, so really cool brand. They've been around since the early 20s, um, family-owned operation. And uh, I'm a big fan of their products.
1: And uh, does this Siete, what's it called?
2: Siete Leguas.
1: Siete Leguas. Obviously, they produce, with uh, coming on 100 years of production, Mm -hmm. they probably have a whole family of tequilas.
2: They do have a family of tequilas. But like everybody else, they're producing a Blanco, a Reposado, an Añejo, and an Extra Añejo.
1: All right. And so this is just regular Reposada. So um, it's very very soft on the palate. The Mm -hmm. attack uh, has just a touch of honey or vanilla. Um, It's very smooth. I want to say this has probably rested maybe three f- three to five months. Do you think it's been a year?
2: Cause I it's... think it's been closer to eight months. Eight months. Okay.
1: Yeah. Um, this It's certainly... Where do they get the
2: wood? Bourbon uh, barrels? Mostly it's bourbon barrels, but these days you're getting to some producers that are playing around with, say, used cognac barrels, used Bordeaux barrels. And so when you get into the higher-end stuff, you, you get a lot of that. But I would say 90% of the barrelage is either Jack Daniels, or Jim Beam.
1: Oh yeah, they're making mm. a lot of products. Yes, they are. It makes sense. Yeah. And um, so the difference between these two uh, tequilas in my palette, obviously the first one, the uh, the tesoro you said the Mm -hmm. el tesoro blanco um very fruity Mm -hmm. and then the reposado here obviously has a lot more the honey the Mm -hmm. uh, vanilla note a little bit of almond Mm -hmm. um and just a touch of spice on the finish i don't know if that's from the barrel so they rechar these barrels
2: no they they take them as they've been used and they put them right in um the other thing to note is reposado is the largest sold category in all of tequila so that's the most consumed tequila in the world is Reposado. And it is because it's got a little bit of that barrel action. You still taste the base spirit. It's not being covered up by the wood, but it really softens things up with that touch uh, of wood.
1: Yummy. And uh, um, Jackie, mm-hmm. si- <laughs> this is probably a sipper, right? Because you're going to find some of the nuance you really want to appreciate?
2: I would think so, yeah. That's how I drink it. I mean, you could also, I depending on what, what I've got in the liquor cabinet, I like to put in a margarita as well. Yeah. Or okay. a Diablo. Or a Diablo. Diablo yeah, I about- is oh, probably Diablo's one of the delicious. best cocktails with a Reposado tequila. What's a Diablo? Diablo is Reposado tequila, a little bit of creme de cassis, some fresh lime juice, and ginger beer. Mmm. Interesting. Great cocktail. Okay. It's also good with mezcal. All right. Well, we'll have you on and bring some ginger. <laughs> 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 um,
1: hey, I'm having a good time with uh, Jackie Moffat, bartender and co-founder of NorthwestTequilaFest.com, and uh, Devlin McGill, the owner proprietor of uh, Nabob, Leary Traveler, and Fremont Traveler. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. Cool bars. Got to check them out. Uh, open seven days a week? Seven days a week.
2: <laughs>
1: Love it. All right. The next tequila is an Añejo. And it is an Añejo. Is golden color.
2: That's right. So Añejo as we talked about before, is aged on, in wood for at least one year. Um, azunia, which is what you have in your glass right there, is actually made in the valley. So this is where agave production has been around. The earliest recording uh, recording of production of agave, or of tequila, excuse me, comes from 1608. So a lot of heritage in the valley. They produce really great stuff. So you've got a little bit of azunia in yeho in your glass there
1: down in the valley
2: <laughs> yeah uh wow azunia
1: azunia mm-hmm. right azunia mm-hmm. azunia um this is really soft this is mm-hmm. a very high end spirit this reminds me of a, of a cognac in a lot of ways yeah. very very soft and um uh, smooth balanced mm-hmm. it has this this slow depth of permeating your palate mm, vanilla honey on the finish and and spicy as well so again these are mostly bourbon barrels is there's mostly there's, bourbon there's barrels. no law It can be any kind of oak right it can be any kind of oak all right and um this would run like this is a sipper as well right maybe yeah. just one rock just to sort of give it some weight but
2: I I would generally just sip it straight yeah, up but yeah. you know that's because I love agave yeah <laughs> I'm a big
1: agave fan too right now um this is a interesting bottle because it's 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 smoked it's got the mm-hmm. agave cactus on the label and um uh, what does this run, you think? What does this cost Ooh, at your bar?
2: That's probably... Uh, the Azunia is going to be around $10 a shot, $11 yeah. a shot. Excellent.
1: Yeah. And do you have special glassware for your tequilas?
2: I always prefer either a wine glass uh-huh. or a Glencairn glass for my tequilas. Yeah. But I'm uh-huh. more than happy with... a. Uh, a double old-fashioned glass with no ice and <laughs> just enough so you can move it around and... Pint glass the... works for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool.
1: All right. Um, you got this fancy bottle here. Yeah. It's very tall. It's got a uh, very solid, clear base, mm-hmm. and uh, it's called Avion.
2: Avion 44. This is their Extra Inejo. Um This is actually out of my personal collection. Oh. Uh, when it was produced, there was only 744 bottles made. Uh, extra in Yeho means that it's it's rested on oak for at least three years. Now, that's very significant in tequila production because of the angel's share.
1: Yeah, the heat down
2: there. Exactly. So the angel's share on a three-year extra in Yeho is somewhere in the neighborhood of 60%. Ouch. Yes. So that means that if you if That sounds like IRS
1: angels, man. I know, right?
2: (laughs) 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 Well, the CRT is pretty deadly down there. Yeah, they are. Uh, So that means that if you fill up a barrel in three years, only 40% of what was in the barrel is going to be left. So the prices tend to go up in extra in Yejos. Yeah. But the complexity... And silky smooth aspects of these particular varietals, I think, make it well worth it. Interesting, and uh, it's it's absolutely heavenly. It
1: reminds mm-hmm. me of when I had Louis the Thirteenth. It's just got yeah. that warm water feel. It's just yeah. like so silken, um, lovely, uh, and definitely wood driven with the, the honey and the nuts and the um toffee and caramel mm, it's really yummy so this is uh available at your bars as well no no
2: it's private collection only this is private collection one of the great things about tequila fest is we do get access to some of these items that you wouldn't normally see around and because of that a lot of local collectors come out uh-huh. And they are attracted to being able to purchase items like this at a retail.
1: Yeah, very cool. And now you should be able to sell bottles? We do sell
2: bottles at retail. At
1: the Northwest Tequila event That's correct. Great. Oh, great. Well, you got uh, about 40, an hour and 45 minutes. <laughs> Come right on down, there. kids. Um, do you have to get a ticket to buy? You do yes. have oh. to get a ticket to buy. <laughs>
2: All right, and the charity for that event? It's the Benevolent Guild Seattle. Um, I'm actually a member of the Benevolent Guild Seattle as well, too. Uh, we're a, a charity that started out in 1999 as a couple of bartenders that said, Let's give back to our local organizations, so over as at doing small events over the years, we've raised over three hundred thousand dollars for local King County children's charities that are boutique high impact children's charities.
1: that's awesome mm-hmm. well, uh congratulations, thanks so much for helping our community uh one beverage at a time <laughs> 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 and definitely hours at a time so um tell me about the bars the what are the themes of your bars? What's this leery traveler mean?
2: you know that we, uh, we set out a couple of years back to create great local places, just places where um, we provide a product that is great enough that you could come f- on a date, um, and our food program is absolutely wonderful and speaks to that. Our beverage program follows suit, um, but at the same time, you don't feel like you need to get dressed up to come out. They're a good local neighborhood gathering Seattle's
1: spot. Seattle does that anyway, I mean. Yes,
2: yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well hey, I thought I was being revolutionary twelve years ago. Yeah,
1: seriously. <laughs> uh so and your bar where's Nabob? Nabob? Nabob is
2: Nabob, Nabob, Nabob is on uh, the east side of Lower Queen Anne on Fifth Avenue. If you know where Crow is, we're right next to oh, yeah. Crow or Cafe Vita. It's oh, a great cool. little strip there. We got some awesome neighbors. Sweet. Um so and it's just a fun place. It, it was my living next room to for that many, pizza many many years. Place too. Yep. That's the um, cute
1: cool little bar too. Big Mario's. Big Mario's yeah, and Jeremy's right. Big Jeremy's.
2: Yeah, something like that.
1: Looks like Jeremy. <laughs> What's his name? Uh, so fun hey thanks so <laughs> much for showing um uh jackie Moffitt and devlin mcgill uh you got some great tequilas i'm so pleased that we had a chance to meet and uh you guys need to get back to the studio the the fremont foundry and check out the northwest tequila fest um you have a date for next year for that event not yet not but yet we will very soon nw Yep. Well, great stuff. I uh, appreciate you sharing your knowledge with tequila, and uh, let's get you on again because you had a Diablo that uh, sounds really tasty. <laughs> let's do it. All yeah. right. Thanks so much. Hey, folks, uh, if you ever want to get some good tequilas, you got to check out uh, Larry Traveler, Fremont Traveler, and Nabob. Um, these are uh, really homespun local watering holes that uh, you can actually eat at means you have a good food, and that's the key, because, uh, you know, you want to have some good food. We can go to the dives. We find those. And <laughs> there's a tip. Those are on Queen Anne. Uh, oh, on the top of the... <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Hey, um, but I hope you liked that segment. Um, stick around, folks. We've got uh, some Greece wines, some wines from the Greek Isles coming next, and right here on Happy Hour Radio. Stick around, folks. Be right back on 570 KVI. <laughs>
0: Big names, big news, Sean Hannity, weekdays 3 to 6 p.m., Talk Radio 570, KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio. Now back to Seattle, Somalia, Christopher Chan.
1: Hey, folks, welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. Time for round two. Hope you got something great in your glass. And uh, whenever I have the chance, I always like to learn about new wine regions, and I hope you do too. Um, and today, we've got uh, some friends from the country of Greece. Uh, the map of Greek wines is sitting before me, as are three lovely glasses of wine. Aren't I lucky? Um, I have two Greeks, wait, a gentleman from Greece, and this is Thras Giantidis. Exactly. Exactly, that's it. And I, you know, this is going to be a test for me, and Andreas Uh, Zinellas is from the New York part of the importer, right? Correct, yes. All right, so Andreas and Thras, um, welcome to Happy Hour. Thank you. Thank you for having (laughs) us. Thank you. We're going to talk about Greek wine. So you guys just got into town and excited for you to be here in Seattle. Um, As you can see, it's a beautiful day. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about Thras. um, You have this wine, you're the winemaker, correct?
3: I'm the assistant winemaker, The assistant winemaker.
1: Andreas, give us a profile about this winery. Where are we at? What do you got? Who is it?
4: Well, Well, Domain Gerovasiliou is located in northern Greece, um, about 20 miles north of Greece's second largest city, called Thessaloniki. And uh, it is definitely one of uh, the most prominent, most forward-thinking wineries that we have in Greece, um, made by talented Mr. Gerovasiliou, back in 1981,
1: established. And it, and you said it was in the northern region. So which color am I looking at here on my map? Um, it's the can... light green, that limey color. The light green. Uh, yeah, I think it's number twenty-three. Number, number 20. twenty-three. Okay. Twenty. Twenty. I'm looking at it. So this is in the north region, and there there are probably see one, two, three, four, five, maybe fifteen regions in uh, right. Fifteen known regions in Greece. More than that. It's a hmm. lot. <laughs> Roughly. Those are the, the
4: general, and then they kind of get subdivided in PGIs.
1: All right, which is a uh, protected geographical indication. So um, you said this wine was founded in 1981? Correct. Interesting. Yeah. Um, what are the grapes that grow in that region?
4: Well, um, Malagusia, the one of the white grape varietals, is indigenous to that area. But we also find um, some classic red ones, um, namely Ligno for example uh, but they also work with international varietals as well uh, there is cab there is uh, syrah and merlot uh, sauvignon blanc as well
1: and so in 1981 uh is this was this winery founded on the principle of, of creating a indigenous grapes uh wines or uh, more of a world class style or you know
4: well definitely world class style but uh, it was the question was trying to f- find the grape varietals that worked best for that region. Some of them happened to be indigenous, some of them happened to be international. Malagusiado uh, was a grape varietal that Mr. Yorovacili was able to single-handedly revive on the verge of extinction in the 1970s while he was training a little further down in that region and returned back to his hometown where he was born to establish his winery and continue working on that grape varietal and bring it to prominence over. Today there's over 40 producers in Greece working with his So Malagousia.
1: Correct. And uh, that's a red grape. It's a white. It's a white grape. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's an
4: aromatic <laughs> white, yeah.
1: Um, I found 20 on the map, and you're on the water. Yeah, surrounded, we're very
4: close, yes. yes. Surrounded by three bodies of water, essentially. Wow. we very
1: close. Very cool. So Thras, what is your history in making wine and oenology? It says here you're an oenologist.
3: I major in chemistry, actually. And then I was training in oenology at Thessaloniki at the university. And then I joined uh, Evangelos uh back in the 90s uh, in um, having as a goal to produce uh, um, wines uh, consistently, I mean consistent, uh, good quality, unique and authentic, which I think is the characteristic of modern Greek wines. Most of the wines are made from indigenous grapes. Some of those also are uh, blended with uh international grapes as Andreas mentioned. But you know the uh the uh, the goal is to try hard every year to express better the unique uh different uh microclimates, different errors all over Greece. As you see on the map, Greece is 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 actually a whole vineyard. You can find vine- vine- vines from the northernmost point to the southernmost point, plus variety of weather conditions that make the country producing an imaginable range, range of wines from sparkling whites in the north of seven 800 metres of altitude up to the uh, southern places, Creta for example, or uh, the island uh, Lesbos that you tasted the wine from. So this is uh, the, what uh, modern Greece can offer to a world that was with uniformity, something different, unique, uh, uh, of good quality, of course, food-friendly wines above all, and forget also traditional pairings with uh, traditional Greek cuisine. I think Greek wines can stand beyond that. I mean we're selling lots of our wines in London and you can imagine also in Indian restaurants. So this is uh, where modern Greek wine is. It's something different and unique and something that can go further the ordinary and the traditional. We have tradition by one side we could speak for hours about the glorious days of the Greek past and the amphoris <laughs> and the wine. Actually, were <laughs> Greeks. That's another that, show. <laughs> actually, were Greeks that evolved the winemaking and the wild cultivation? I don't think that Greece was discovered in Greece, not it was probably discovered in Anatolia, but Greeks evolved that. And through the colonies, etc., they, they just uh, um, uh, go further. Uh, they transmitted this, uh, this knowledge, this know how. So, modern Greece can offer something different in in in, 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 in this uh, uh, wine world as we know it. Unique varietals all over. Andreas mentioned Malagusia. We have several others. Arsitico from Santorini, an island in the archipelago. We have Rhoditis all over Greece. Xinomavro as you said, in the north. Peloponnese, Nemea. There is evidence that in Nemea the wine is produced 4,000 years. So 2,000 years before Christ also, no matter if Greeks, Venetians, Turks occupy the land, the wine is there and the vine cultivation is there. So this is Greece. It's also the past, but it's also the modern expression of wines. More than one had the regional wines all over Greece. Different grapes, different producers, different um, uh, mentalities, some of them started in france, other in uh, in u uh, s other in Australia, so they go b- they went back to their places, established small properties seventies eighties nineties of course with the european with the grant uh, with the help of the European union that was there all those years so it's also i mean this promotional is also european granted. i mean helps. The one is to promote the, their products abroad, and uh, the rest is in your glass. You haven't tried that. and <laughs> I
1: haven't tried it yet.
3: We're just was, chatting.
1: Uh, yeah, we are just chatting uh, with Andreas uh, Z- Zanellas, who is the, uh, with uh, com, and you're the, mm-hmm. the importer that uh, has uh, EuroSavilu. Gerovacilium, Gerovacilium, yeah? yeah, guys, I yeah. Uh, need some help. And the uh, is the assistant <laughs> winemaker. Um, so Thras, what was the first wine? Um, I mean, you, were, you grew up on indigenous grapes, right? I mean, right. those are the wines. Mm. So when you started tasting grapes that were grown that were not indigenous from Greece, what were those grapes that, that sort of you thought were like, wow, this is cool?
3: I think the international white grapes, the French grapes, like uh, Sauvignon Blanc, which is widely planted in Greece, and Chardonnay as well. And as Greeks, we produce more white wine and we drink more white wine. So we're considered ourselves more white wine drinkers. I mean, we have sunshine for, what, seven, eight months, a year, so close to the sea, a lot of cities, a lot of... uh, uh, Ambiance is close to the sea, so you wear more on the white. So these foreign grapes, the French grapes I mentioned, Sauvignon and Sardonet, were the first ones I've tasted. And indeed, lots of winemakers use it with blendings with the Greek grapes Excellent. in those, uh, those uh, varietals.
1: And how many wines do you produce altogether at the winery named...
3: Gero Vassilio. Uh, <laughs> Yerovassilu, actually, it's a Y. It's not <laughs> oh, a G. Oh,
1: got you on it now, huh? Um, yeah. So, how many wines do you produce at Yerovassilu?
3: We produce ten wines. Ten wines. Five yeah. whites, four reds, and sweet, a uh, late harvest sweet dessert wine.
1: And the sweet one is uh... the
3: same grape, Malagusian. Malagusian. Okay. Just to... how many so...
1: international grapes are you using?
3: We're using the three uh, whites so Vinon, Chardonnay, and Viognier, and on the reds we have uh, some blocks of Syrah and Merlot.
1: Interesting. Did those grape cuttings come from specific areas? Did you get Viognier
3: from the Northern Rhone, or uh, yes? Because Yerovasiliu uh, is is uh, studied in France. He has this French influence on the on um, the winemaking, also or the philosophy on uh, doing wine. Most of cuttings are from France in our vineyards. Yes.
1: Excellent um how exciting well i've I've got three glasses of wine in front of me, obviously two whites and one red. Is that about the difference uh andreas is basically it's two to one white to red
4: yeah, currently it's about sixty eight percent of wine produced in Greece is white. However, that number was a lot higher, which leads us to believe that they're taking the red wine a lot more serious. Yeah, um, they're making some exceptional reds. Well,
1: wines. white wine is sooner to drink too. I mean, it it you, is. No one's waiting. Also on it also
4: pairs very well with the cuisine in Greece as well as the climate, as uh, Thrasso.
1: And Thrasso was saying, you know, um, it goes with international food, which I think is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, what is typical Greek cuisine? Well, definitely uh, lamb. Sea's the right there. <laughs> the
4: lamb, as far as a protein, uh, okay. red meat, red meat. Um, any sort of gamey food. Seafood, very, uh, very popular, all sorts um, from flaky, grilled, baked, any way you want to prepare it, vegetables, very common. Uh, but we also have chicken. <laughs> we
1: also have things that the rest <laughs> of the world enjoys. What are they called, chicken and uh, Greek? Kotopula. Kotopula. <laughs> yeah. All right. Is there a Colonel Kotopula? Wait, no, that's Colonel Sanders. That's a yeah. bit different. There is a KFC, though. There's a KFC. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. Uh, well, folks, um, I've got Andreas uh, Zinellas and Thras. Yeezontidis. Oh, I'm going to get that. Hey, folks, stick around. We'll be right back on Happy Hour Radio. I'm going to dive into some of these wines. Maybe they'll loosen up my tongue. So stick around and listen to 570 KVI.
0: Back, and he's in charge. Kirby Wilbur, live and local, weekdays 9 to noon. Talk Radio 570, KVI. KVI, want to know weekends. Time for another round of happy hour radio with Christopher Chan.
1: All right, it's a tongue twister Saturday night right here in the studio with uh, my two new Greek friends. I've got Andreas Zinellis, who is out of New York. He's with uh, uh, com, the importer. Of uh, Yirovasilu. Yirovasilu. Oh, jeez. I'm going to get Thras Yansidis is here. He's an assistant winemaker. Um, He just got off the plane from uh, New York, from Greece, and uh, he's poured me two glasses of white and a glass of red. So let's talk about the wines. Uh, We all can speak wine, right? I can't speak Greek, but I can (laughs) speak wine. So what's our first white wine? The first one is the Yirovasilu Estate
4: White. Um, It is a blend of Assyrtiko, 50% and Malagousia,
1: 50%. Wow, very, very fragrant, very floral, um, white flowers and vanilla, apple, uh, ap- yellow apple, pear, peach. Peach. Yeah, peach. I mean, I thought it was going to be Viognier at first, but... It's... And so you said uh, Malagousia and... Assyrtico. Acertico. Acertico. Mm-hmm. Which one of these grapes is more aromatic? The Malagousia. Okay. And when you have the second glass, which uh, in
4: that case, it's going to be a single varietal, 100% you'll realize that that's where all those super amped up aromatics are Mm. coming from.
1: Yummy. So, um, let me see the bottle. What's the name of the wine we're drinking? Uh, Yerovasiliou Estate White. Estate
3: White. It it doesn't have actually a proper name. It's uh, Ktima Yerovasiliou. Ktima is the Greek word for... uh, the state, Yerovasliu, the last name of the producer, Epanomi is the region where this wine is produced, which is in the northern Greece. Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, you have some uh, suppliers here, you have some retail shops that uh, are purveying uh, these wines that you can list?
4: Well, we just got into uh, the Washington market. Uh, we we have a, a distributor, uh, Vinaya Imports at the moment. And uh we're actually enjoying a, a wine dinner this evening, our first contact with the Seattle market, so we're looking forward to it.
1: All right. Well I'll look for you on the shelves and uh Yeravasulu. Right. Woohoo. See a well glass done. of sip of wine did it? <laughs> yeah. Had to take the pressure off. Um, and again, so this is a Malagussia in Acertico. Uh It's a blend of fifty-fifty. I get uh, it's mostly stainless steel, but is there a little bit of neutral oak on this?
3: I think it's one hundred. It's no, it is one hundred stainless steel. The second one we're gonna try is uh, it has a little bit of, of oak fermentation.
1: Okay, and um, when you when you obviously northern hemisphere, very warm. What month are you are you harvesting the grapes typically?
3: Traditionally, in Greece, harvest can begin from uh, in the northern regions. Uh, practically, they start from the south. It could be something early August, and some uh, northern regions, they can go up to November. This is because of the variation of the w- uh, weather. In our area, it's a relatively hot area. We normally start harvest uh, after the fifteenth of August, so between fifteen and thirty of August, the second fortnight of August, we start with the whites, and we end up with the reds in uh, mid of September. So Interesting.
1: When you say August fifteenth, it makes me think that there's a, um, a regulatory. The decree is the, Do they say when harvest happens for some of these? Uh... It
3: can happen earlier. It can happen later. It depends on weather conditions. But traditionally, in other areas, they just uh, wanted to make uh, a feast of the uh, of the uh, Mary, and um, they started oh, after feasts, the feast. Yes, but normally. <laughs> hey, <we> need wine. <laughs> nor- normally now it has to do with the weather conditions. I, sure. I mean, I know that in Santorini. Two years ago, they, they, they started the harvest in the in end of July. Wow. In, yeah, it's And baking. that thing also mean, means a shorter period. I mean, also, the the bad burst starts earlier. It right. doesn't mean that uh, you have to pick up. And another thing which is evident in these uh, areas, also in the northern, in the southern part of Europe, is high amount of alcohol. So the grapes are maturing very well.
1: Yeah, so you get, obviously, lots of bricks, lots of sugar. Um, what is the vine training like? Are these basket or crowns? The crown? trellis, trellis, trellis. Trellis.
3: Double, yes. Oh, double cordon. Yes. Interesting. Double, double rayat and, uh, and double some rayat, guillot okay. we have, yes. Normal, less...
1: So they're lower to the ground, typically. In,
3: in other areas where are traditionally cultivated, they have the goblet yeah. type, which means, but normally, who plants now, he, he's trying to do very... Sure. Uh, uh, you know. They want the fruit zone. Exactly. I get exactly. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Sun uh, exposure we have, so the rest is.
1: And um, so you're you're imported into New York, and uh, what would this bottle run? Uh, 18 bucks? 22? On the retail shelf is about 22. Yummy! I like this temperature too. Um, nice bright acidity. Again, that peach and floral. Even a little bit of orange is coming out. Um, lovely. It's a 2014. Um, next wine we have is also a white wine. What's this one called?
4: Uh, This is the single varietal, Malacusia. It is, uh, as Trasso mentioned, partially barrel fermented, but no further aging. So it does have a little bit more of a luscious mouthfeel. And um, all the wines too from Mr. Urovasilu is worth noting is everything is estate grown, estate produced, estate bottled. Everything comes from the property itself.
1: Now, was this an estate that was uh, purchased by the owner, or they planted from from 1981? So these vines are just uh, 35 years old now. Correct. Okay. That's, uh, the maximum, oldest ones. The oldest
4: ones. Yes, and then just started or basically adding parcel by parcel. Mm-hmm.
1: And so um obviously you have a whole a brand new winemaking facility it's everything stainless steel temperature control. you can imagine
3: the winery has not also winemaking facilities but also a small cafeteria like a restaurant to pair food with wine. We have a wine museum within the winery more than 2500 pieces of corkscrews, wine related items, items traditional things related to wine. Yerovasliu has a passion to wine so we have visitors and guests all the days. I mean, you, it's it's a whole thing. As uh, I, I was looking uh, the other day, uh, a football match with a famous uh, football team from uh, Spain. <laughs> the logo is Maskeun Club, Maskeun Club. It's Barcelona. So I would say, in our case, more than wine, we have also things. Related to wine, as I said, tradition is yeah, all culture. over Greece. So you can visit the museum, you can do the vineyards, you can do relax and have a, a glass of wine paired with some uh, uh, specially, uh dishes that are paired with the wines. I mean, we do educational uh, classes, we do events of the winery. So lots of things uh, based on wine.
1: All right, let's put it out there for us. So everyone, uh, for the website, check it out. It's... Uh, G e r o and then vassilou v a s s i l i o u so eurovassilou dot g r is uh, so that means you're going to um, a website in Greece. Uh, ye is pronounced g or g is mm-hmm. pronounced yi eurovassilou uh, and uh, I love this. Uh, um, say the grape again. Malagussia. Malagussia and that's a. Uh, um, uh, d- delicious white grape, the acid is nice and bright, and it, 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 you have some texture here with that oak, um, the barrel fermentation. Um,
3: but there's no mallow, right? There is no mallow, but there is skin contact extraction. We do maceration pelliculaire to all the whites, just to emphasize a little bit of creaminess and full body character on the, on the palate.
1: Yeah, tasty. Um, fermentation is temperature controlled, nice and slow and cool. Exactly. Yeah. Stainless
3: steel, and one part of Andreas mentioned is oak fermented, and then we do uh, blend.
1: And um, I don't, you don't stir the leaves or anything like that? We do stir the, do. Leaves, yes. the leaves. You do? I'm not getting a In the
3: tank and also in the, in, the, in the barrels well. it doesn't well. come
1: off as a brioche. It's just just really creamy. We do stir the, the leaves, yes. yes. Yeah. Um, and production here, how many... You, you said you're making about 10 different wines. For the Malagussiao, we're looking around
4: 80,000 bottles annually. Wow,
1: for that, that one. Mm-hmm. So how many acres or hectares do you have? 63. Uh, 63 at the oh, moment. How many,
3: started empl- how many employees then? More than twenty five <laughs> more than twenty five <laughs> regular that box. plus
1: plus uh, seasonal workers yeah, wow, fantastic um, i 'm going to save the red for our final segment here because I want to talk more about the whites now in Greece, is this the temperature you would serve, or do you serve it more chilled or what's what 's the and do you use glasses like this, or do they use smaller copas or what I'm come
3: gonna, on, Greece, come on, yes, I we use been. glasses we 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 did the Riddle <laughs> seminar last month at the winery. Uh, no. The riddle, uh, I mean the uh, the uh, Maximilian from from riddle. No, Maximilian visited us a, f- a few years ago. He came actually the sales responsible for sales for South Europe, and he did a class, a workshop actually, the importance of the wine glass in 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 the wine. So yes, we do have, but the temperatures, as you said, this has been a warm country. Yes, normally we chill them more. Okay. Because as, as they go out, they just uh, get warm. I just up.
1: haven't been to Greek, uh, to Greece, and so I, that I don't That would be a I good opportunity what, to discover I, I Greece. I definitely and, want to take it.
3: It's an open invitation to you for the museum <laughs> and the <laughs> winery. You. Be our guest.
1: Oh, uh, fantastic. And um, I'm sure it's. Uh, I'll dig the food. I love seafood and lamb. And you're doing that dinner tonight. Of Mm -hmm. all places, it's at a Greek restaurant.
4: Yeah, it's at Omega, Ouzeri. It's over on 14th and yeah. It's a great restaurant. It's a great restaurant.
1: Been around a long time. It's a long family, I believe. They've Mm -hmm. been here. They've had a couple of them. Um, It's also known as the, uh, the most interesting building they used to be at a Greek restaurant in that really funky building down on Mercer, if you remember it, old school. Anyway, I'm dating myself. But, uh, hey, uh, we've got uh, a fantastic red wine. Let's tease it. What's the, what do you want you try?
4: So the red wine that you have is called Avaton. Avaton. And it's a word that means inaccessible, impossible to reach. And yeah. the reason behind that is that it's comprised from three indigenous Greek grape varietals, limion, Mavro Tragano and Mavrubi.
1: That's it, folks. Stick around. We'll be jumping into that when we come back on 570 KVI.
0: Start your day the right way. John Carlson, live and local, 6 to 10 a.m. Talk Radio 570 KVI. You're in the know with KVI 1 and 0 weekends. Here's more Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan.
1: All right, folks. Welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. Time for round four. Hope you got something great in your glass, or off to uh, perhaps some Greek food tonight. Uh, I've got two Greek gentlemen in the studio and uh, a lovely Québécois uh, on my right. Uh, we got Andreas Zindalas, uh, who is the importer for, um, here we go, Yerovassilou Winery from Greece, from the northern region. I did it, and uh, we have Thras. Yancidis, who is uh, the assistant winemaker. I did. I see you just need a little bit of wine. Uh, <laughs> we got it. So we're talking about this red wine, and you teased us on these three indigenous grape varietals. They were called? Limio. Limio. Mavrudi. Mavrudi. And Mavro-Tragano. Yeah, those sound like my, my cousins. <laughs> those <laughs> like names. I love it. Well, let's talk about this wine. So we have three varieties. Um, how does this grow? Is this is a heavy cropping the, grape? Uh, Do you have to
3: prune it? Yeah, the, um, the management of the vineyard, uh, we pay attention uh, a lot to that because every year we, I mean, the, the raw material, the, the grapes, uh, the healthy condition of the grapes and uh, how do they grow, it's, uh, it's a whole thing, I mean, it's a whole story. The importance on this wine, the importance is that uh, for the uh, first time uh, a winemaker, Evagelos Giorovaciliou, did this blend because the grapes apart produce very harsh wines. Limnio is probably the oldest attested Greek red grape, mentioned by Aristophanes in the 4th century BC. It derives from the island of Limnos, which is near the Turkish border, but it's widely planted in the north since the 60s and the 70s. So it's a local grape, 100% Greek. Mavrudi, Mavro, it's the Greek word for black, has a lot of tannins. And uh, Mavro-Tragano, we took some cuttings from the island of Santorini, which means black and crunchy. So uh, it, it's very famous also as the red grape of Santorini, which an area which is an area that produces mostly white wine, Assyrtiko. The white wine is very famous from Santorini, but they have also the local Mavro-Tragano. So the gra- these grapes are planted at the Panomi, where we're situated, the region. Uh, the unusual blend, 50%, more than 50% is limno, is based on limno, plus the oak fermentation. We use the big uh, uh, oak, oak, open oak fermenters le foudre, foudre. 40 yes, le 40 hectolitres each we use uh, the punching down we have a pizzazz system on each tank, we don't do remontage pumping over the right. grapes or more gentle extraction, plus the use of the oak, uh, which means uh, more uh, firm color, more constant color, it's plus the use of oak and the aging in oak afterwards plus the malolactic fermentation, o- our edge all our reds go through Mallow, so makes this wine which is uh, something that can be uh, something individual that can be drunk now but also uh, that has the potential to, to go further and age. Avaton is inaccessible so it was the first attempt of the winemaker to do this wine, this blending of grapes and they use also the oak and fermentation.
1: The red wine is called Avaton, A-V-A-T-O-N, it's a blend of three indigenous grapes. They use a uh, little pigeage, a little punch down, and um, it's fermented in oak, uh, large foudres, uh, but also you must have a little bit of barrique on here, right?
3: After, after the yes, uh, fermentation, and, yes, yes, about a year, more than a year, in... Fifty uh, percent new. Mostly new, mo- mostly some new. season, it's... some season, medium toast, yeah, yeah. medium toast French oak.
1: Um, it's a definitely a uh, a New World style wine um, with uh, old world grapes, uh, very well done. Uh, this would be in that forty five dollar range, or is this something kind of a deal? Mm, this is around fifty two, yeah, fifty four. Okay, yeah, that's that's what I thought weird. I can taste it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, my palate is really expensive, but I love these <laughs> white wines. I think you know um, when I tell my listeners out there, hey everybody. Uh, don't be afraid of Greek wines. Uh, the names are strange. You, you, you'll you struggle pronouncing it, but really what's inside, if they made it this far, they're likely to be very good. And if they made it to Seattle, I don't know anyone who's carrying Greek wines that doesn't dig it. Either it's going to be rustic, but I haven't had a rustic wine in a long time, and so these are nice and polished, uh, fresh, fruit-driven, um, balanced, great acidity, t- soft tannin, everything you want in a refreshing wine, and um, gosh, I, I think it's it, if you ever, this summer, we'll have another great summer Seattle you got to pull some Greek wines I'm going to do that and I'll talk about it Um, website again
4: yerovasilium.gr g-e-r-a-v a-S-S-I-L-L-I-O-U dot G-R. That's
1: it. So we can find all the information. Plus, um, check out uh, the website newgreekwine, no, newwinesofgreece.com. Uh, very cool map, um, very uh, interactive. You can see all the little places there, uh, all the little spots they make wine. Um, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. Us. Thank
3: you for having us. Uh,
1: what a pleasure. How do you say thank you in Greece? Evkharishto. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Hope you had a good time on the show, folks. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) And uh, I love it. Uh, If you ever miss a show, happyhourradio.net. And um, I'll see you uh, out and about with Coral Wines. Uh, Our rosé is selling great. I hope you get some. And check out uh, the Greek wines. And, of course, remember, folks, life is always better with a designated driver.